Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everybody, it's Brian. If you haven't noticed, it is absolutely nuts out there in the housing market. If you don't know exactly what you're doing and you don't have someone that you trust by your side to guide you through the process, good luck getting the home you want or getting the best price for the home you're selling. John Hurlbut at Altitude Homes is a guy I've known for years, over a decade, a friend and someone I trust implicitly. If you are in Pierce, South King, or Thurston counties, there is nobody better to help guide you through the real estate process right now. Go on over to altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkablogger. Now, again, that's altitudehomesteam.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up to contact John. He will help you with the process, and all referrals will result in a $1,000 donation from John and the Altitude Homes team to Ben's Fund. Everybody wins. Go in there, get your help, get your dream home, get the most money for your home. AltitudeHomesTeam.com slash HawkBlogger. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fans. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains in my city. Welcome to Real Hot Talk, episode 244. Uh, Rams week 18 post game show. Um, <clears throat> not sure who all will have today, so it might be kind of a quick one, but uh, the big news here is Seattle stays alive. Um, they have uh, a shot at the playoffs still. Um, they had to win to have any chance, obviously. Um, a tie would have been uh, also bad. Um, so yeah, they, they, uh, <laughs> uh a little questionable along the way, maybe, but they did it. They win the game. Uh, they stay alive. Um, uh, I, I, there's, I think, a lot maybe to take away from this game. Um, I don't know how much of it is is feel good, um, but I think you know. Uh, I, I don't really want to dwell on any uh, any of the negatives, really. Um, you know, uh, right now I'm I'm still fingers crossed, hoping for that playoff spot. Um, I think that would be really exciting. Um, uh, I think it's uh, whoever does get this last spot is locked into playing the Niners, which is uh, those haven't been the most fun games this year, but it's playoffs. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's miles away from where people thought this team was going to be, um, and uh, I, I'm sure you know for guys like Gino um, and a lot of the other players on that team. Um, you know, making it into the playoffs is a big deal. Um, 
So yeah, hey, Brian, uh, fresh out of the stadium, why don't you share uh, some of your thoughts with the Octane Alive from playoffs today by beating the rain. Hey, Nathan. Good to see you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, like, I was <laughs> cheering like crazy for the Seahawks to win. Uh, whether or not it's the best thing for the Seahawks to win or not, it's all, I always want that team to win. And, um, you know, like, Geno Smith is almost like he was a microcosm for this game because, like, you can't help but cheer for him even though he's making dumbass plays. Uh, and, you know, I thought Jalen Ramsey should have been tossed out of the game for that hit. That was a blatant, like, dirty hit. And uh, uh, he knew exactly what he was doing. So I, I didn't like that, but I'm glad Jalen Ramsey ultimately lost this game. Um, and look, Kenneth Walker breaks 1,000 yards. I was happy to see that. I wish he would have gotten the, the touchdown there at that one yard line. I was like, oh, man, he almost got his 10th touchdown, but didn't quite get it. Um, and Good to see Tyler going over a thousand. It's good to see Gino getting his thirtieth. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it was ultimately nice to hopefully send Sean McVay out on a losing uh, losing note and getting swept by the Seahawks in the season. I will take it. Um, funny things happen when you're not the team with the best roster. So uh, Sean McVay apparently can't handle that. He's gonna just run away so that's all i gotta say uh at the jump what 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 have you said so far not much just talking about you know uh staying alive playoff chances playoff scenarios um so yeah uh, for folks who maybe aren't aware seattle needs the lions to win now um sadly the lions don't have anything to play for they've been eliminated now um but uh that's a divisional game uh i think um campbell has it team coached up pretty well Karen pretty well so I think that they will they will play hard but we'll see um uh I, I don't I don't think I quite agree with Ramsey getting injected ejected um I think Ramsey almost single-handedly <laughs> won that game for the Rams um the biggest play of that game uh well I think there's a couple uh Ramsey making that tackle on Walker to prevent a touchdown was massive um whatever that pass was that Baker threw that Diggs picked off um do, do you have an opinion on the dig celebration brian um well i mean i respect that he he was trying to put it in the ram's face a little bit but i mean do you know whose face specifically he was putting it in? <laughs> no i did not uh so the person that he stuck the ball out to and ran towards the sidelines towards was uh was bobby Oh no, did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all good fun. I don't think there's any bad blood there. But but like I, I tweeted this, I don't know if they were talking about it on air, but there was a really strong wind. Um and, and Mayfield was throwing into it on that play. And so it hung up there. And if it didn't have that, I think I mean Seahawks were beat on that play and the ball just hung up in the air because of that wind and I'm pretty sure it probably affected the Myers kick. Um, I hate to say it, but but uh, I just like to rip on Myers. But it, I was standing at that end of the end zone, and it was whipping through there. So I think those, that that win definitely affected the, the end of the game. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, so uh, of the the kind of the milestones that you talked about, which ones are the biggest to you? 
I think the Kenneth Walker thing, I mean, he's the guy that's, you know, hopefully part of the future. Gino and is, you know, most optimistic, you know, maybe he's here for a few more years, but like um, he, he had a really rough last half of the season, last quarter of the season. So um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy it happened, but you know, he made just pretty much every game, the last six, seven games, he's made a two to four just brain dead throws that, that just, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, the Tyler stuff's nice, but I got to admit, I'm kind of wondering, I want to look at uh, salary ramifications, but with the many receivers as there are in this draft, I'm wondering if there's a chance that they will look to move Tyler in this offseason. Um, you know, he's still got, I think, some value. So we'll see, but I'm always happy for Tyler. Um, man, I, one other thing really quick. I don't know if you saw this, but DK almost um, blew the first field goal opportunity after – after Gino had gotten hit and they were in that field goal for the mm-hmm. right in the regulation, DK was going at it with Ram. Like, how stupid! Like, I've been pretty like okay with DK's antics. That was like he really almost lost in the game. Of course, ended up not mattering. But but uh, that was awful. Like so. Anyway, that, 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 those are my quick. I don't know which which one for you. I'm sure the running back is what what stands out for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a a big round number for a running back is. Uh... Uh, big deal. I, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, they're all kind of, you know, ultimately kind of meaningless, right? But um, uh, not that they aren't, you know, they all had good years and that's putting up big yards like that is representative of that. Um, I think Gino being the all-time single season passing leader for whatever, however you say it, for the Seattle, that's that's kind of amazing. Um, that's, uh, you know, Seattle is not the most storied franchise, but they they've had good quarterbacks and um i think that's 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 impressive that's legitimately i mean anytime that you can lead a franchise in anything that's that's pretty amazing i think so um great season by uh lockett great season by walker um but the i think the one that's maybe the most significant or the most uh you know uh notable to me is is probably gino yeah if we want to be like super downers about it both the kenneth walker and the uh gino numbers as the 17 game season. So, you know, uh, that, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, that is true. he was really, he was, he was still fourth, fourth on the passing yards in the single season before this game. And uh, I think he was like seventh in passing touchdowns in the single season before this game. So I think that's, that's part of it. But um, still, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this turns into an offensive rookie of the year for Kenneth Walker. I think he's got a, a pretty good resume for that. Yeah. That'd be neat. Um, uh, I do think so. You you brought up the DK thing. I mean, um, in in some ways, the refs really gifted Seattle this game. Um, everyone's really quick to point out when refs mess stuff up and that they're biased against Seattle and that the NFL rigged this uh, scheduling thing with the Lions against Seattle. But I think you can uh, between blow m- just completely missing and and there was a ref right there that should have seen that DK thing and that should have been a penalty. Um, uh, and then the, the running to the punter thing was pretty bad. Oh, that was um, so bad. <laughs> yeah. So bad that the, uh, the ref apologist, the, the designated ref apologist on the broadcast came on and was like, yeah, no, this is no good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, thanks to the refs on this one. Um, I don't know that we get to say it a lot, but, uh, we probably do today. Um, all right. So, uh, other big news for today, uh, the, the news here is, is less good. Um, the Broncos win. I believe that locks Seattle into the fifth overall pick. Um, That's correct. Yeah. 
So uh, the Jalen Carter, Will Anderson sweepstakes got real dicey uh, with that Broncos win today, which is uh, kind of a, a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Any, any, I know you're sad about that one, Brian. You've been way into it. Yeah, I was bummed about it. I was, I was pretty annoyed with the Colts. I mean, that was the bigger story here. I expected the Broncos to win today. The Colts had that game. It almost looked like they threw it. Like fourth and 13, fourth and 20 uh throws a hail mary like touchdown and one of the cold guy like mistimes his jump and like falls right like and then they give up a two-point like it just was like bizarre and that if the colts had won the seahawks would have had a top four pick which is like i was hoping for you know it didn't go their way fifth pick what i think that if you know my personal perspective is i'm hoping now that what that will mean is there's a bigger chance for a trade back and and to get um maybe another first round pick next year that's that's probably my ideal situation now and but it probably means you're trading from five to ten five to nine to pick up another first next year so you, you know you'll have to be comfortable with you know potentially a miles murphy or a brian brezzi or you know maybe you go uh skaronsic i can't remember or skaronsky yeah, maybe as a guard. Um, so we'll see. But, like, fifth pick ain't, ain't nothing to be sad about. It's just uh, – and, and as, as someone who complained a lot about the Ravens getting put in 10 a.m. game, the way that game was going to go, I mean, the Ravens didn't play anybody. The Chargers would have known that they were going to have the fifth seed by, like, the first quarter of that game, and they still probably would have played the game the same way. So I don't think ultimately – that changed much but you know i'm sure russ will talk about how wonderful like how they just captured it too late and he'll end the season like all positive uh that's a little annoying but but uh you know fifth pick i'm not going to complain about that for sure yeah uh it's i mean i the funny thing about the season is Seattle probably ends up with about the picks people would have predicted, but for the completely like wrong reasons or, or opposite reasons. So um, for all the talk about, you know, Denver disappointing and Seattle exceeding expectations in terms of what it means for draft day, probably not really much. Um, uh, okay. I, 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 unfortunately, I'm going to be totally honest and this is going to shock you, Brian, and it's going to shock all of our listeners. I don't have anything really nice to say about this game. Um, and I don't want to be uh, that guy right now because I am very excited about playoffs. And so I'm just holding out hope that uh, Dan Campbell uh, does Seattle proud here uh, and, and they win that otherwise meaningless game for, for Detroit. Um, do you have, what, what are the, what are the positives that you're taking away from this game today? Or, or, or do you want to just, do you want to be that guy and you want to tear into the team? No, well, I will just say I'm about to go into a tunnel. So if you lose me, interrupt gotcha. me. Okay. Um, so look, I, I think, I think that you have to give praise to the defense. This was the third straight game in the, end of the season with the third straight game where they hold a team under 300 yards. The Rams, as bad as the offense is, they they ran all over him last time, like, and, and, and moved the ball pretty freely against the Seahawks. Didn't do that this time. Um, got a key turnover that led to the win. Um, I think that Ichena Nwosu had a really nice game, uh, both in run defense and in pass rushing. I thought Bruce Irvin with two sacks, Daryl Taylor with another sack. Daryl Taylor ends the season with nine and a half sacks. 
I mean, I, I think that's pretty crazy and pretty notable. Um, I thought Mike Jackson had a nice game at corner. I think he's been pretty solid the last few games. I thought Tariq had a tough game. Um, he gave up, like, of the completions that Baker had, a decent chunk came with Tariq in coverage, which has not been the case this year. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I thought uh, Alexander Johnson, I think the, the, the linebacker that they played, 34, I thought he had a decent game. I don't think it was great. Um, but yeah, like I felt like I felt like the defense did more than their part um, in this game, and so I, I give them credit. I thought the pass protection was decent in this game after some rough rough moments. Um, I thought Charles Cross had a really key block on the fourth down play where they flipped it out to Kenneth uh, Walker. Tough block in space for a tackle to make, and he did it really well. So. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought Mike Dixon had a nice game when he punted. He had some pretty big punts. Um, so, yeah, like, those are the kinds of things that, that stood out to me. Um, the the most negative for me really is DK. I felt like DK was very tough after the whistle and very weak during it. There was a number of plays where he did not fight for the ball. He did not use his body. And um, I don't know, man. I just – this game – this game like left a bad taste in my mouth with DK and I have not had that. I've not been a DK detractor, but I thought he kind of got clowned by Jalen and did not rise to it after he did that to Jalen the last game. I just didn't see him. I, I was impressed with that. So that, that's the thing that that obviously in Gino, like Gino's game today was just wacky. Um, so yeah, those, those are kind of things I saw. I'll defend DK a little bit. I mean, one, you know, Jalen Ramsey is amazing. He had an amazing game. Um, I, I think the things that you can point to with DK not being physical enough or whatever, I mean, I think at, this, at some point we have to accept that, like, DK uses his size in, cer- in, in certain ways and doesn't in other ways. And he is who he is. And that is a very, very good player. Um you know, maybe he's not going to quite be the all-world guy that, you know, it looked like after first one or two years, but he's still a, a great player. Um, you know, I think that there was an uncalled DPI uh, on that touchdown pat, that the touchdown attempt that passed to him in the end zone. Um, the cornerback got his hand wrapped around and pulled on his shoulder, it looked like. Um, and, you know, again, physical in some ways, not in other ways. He does catch that ball over the middle of the field and absolutely crunch uh, Taylor Rapp. Uh, Rapp came out of that way worse for that that collision. Um, so it's not like his size and physicality, you know, never shows up or, or didn't show up in this game. Um, but, you know, I, I yeah, I think, you know, is he always, you know, as physical or uses his body the way you want when he's like, you know, before to, to, to create space to ke- to make a catch. Yeah. I think sometimes that's lacking, but again, Jalen Ramsey's a pretty good player. Um, Jalen Ramsey played his absolute ass off in this game. Um, I, I thought he was amazing. Um, the, the interceptions and, um, like I said, that tackle on Walker, uh, towards the end of the game were pretty, pretty great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One thing on DK and the positive had nothing to do with this game in particular, but, it's, I don't know why it stood out to me, but in the morning game when the Bengals were playing, like there was a play that Jamar Chase made, and they're like, and that puts Jamar Chase over a thousand yards. I was like, shit, like DK out produced Jamar Chase. 
uh, I consider Jamar Chase like one of the best in a like in a very pass prolific offense. So that, that I mean I don't know. Like I think I overall for this season have been really happy with the progress that DK has made. I think he had fewer drops. I think he did make more like variety of catches on variety of routes. Um, I thought there was some, you know, progress in making catches in contested situations. Um, I don't know. Just uh, like, I thought he, he, he had kind of a losing game to me and how he approached this one. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just overthinking it, but, but it, it, it stood out to me. No, I mean, I think, you know, as much as people like to complain about some of DK's different antics, like that, I mean, sticking your finger in somebody's face mask like that, uh, especially when you were getting a call going your way, that, that, I mean, that, that could have easily been a losing play. Um, but it didn't. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, uh, Jamar Chase, though, I believe he only played 13 games this year, right? That might be true. <laughs> I, I don't, missed, I don't I follow Jamar Chase that closely. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, there are other other folks in the chat are saying that as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, Tyler Lockett had a great game. Um, I know you talked about maybe moving on from him at some point, but I think if you're looking for bright spots on the offense, I think it's probably Walker. He had a he turned a couple broken tackles into some nice gains, and then I think Lockett had um, some big plays. Uh, uh, Gino's best moment, you know, uh, that he dropped that ball right in there really perfectly, but Lockett was there and, and got that and everything. And, and uh, that was a cool route by Lockett too, where he just drives the corner off to the side and then, you know, bends it back in and everything makes that. Um, so yeah, I think Lockett's another bright spot on the offense, but, uh, it, those were few and far between on, in this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and you gotta say like, as much as like, I think we both probably felt like Gino played a pretty like bad game in a lot of ways um that was a dime i mean mm-hmm. that was a dime there was like he just fit it in the bucket and people are like oh gino is just throwing these shorter throws like did anyone watch like the detroit game or the new orleans game earlier in the season like he's he's showing like a great deep ball i just uh uh i thought that was a great throw he had a couple great throws but man, he put the ball in just some stupid places. So yeah, I thought Tyler, you're right, deserves credit for also playing hurt. He's still playing with a broken hand. People have probably forgotten about, and you know, and he had a bruised shin that he was questionable for this game. So like people earlier in the year were were on Tyler because he dove down. I think it was maybe in the New Orleans game when he could have got a first down um, on a third down to avoid contact. And, you know, question is toughness. Like, that dude played when a lot, a lot of people wouldn't have. So, um, and he made plays. So, me talking about maybe moving on from him has nothing to do with my love for Tyler Lockett. I love the dude. But uh, I'm just all about, like, how do we get this team to have the maximum amount of talent? And he's nearing that age where, like, he still has value. But in a year, two years, he might not. So, he's going to have a 1,000-plus-yard season, four years in a row, close to I think has nine touchdowns um you know if you could get I don't know Nathan if you could get a third round pick a second round pick for Tyler Lockett are you making that move I mean I've been saying I would do that trade for a couple years now so uh yeah a second rounder for sure I would I would make that deal um uh but we, we will have lots of time hopefully it'll be another week We'll, we'll have a full week to talk about Seahawks football again 
Um, but very, very possibly we are going to be talking about the off season and the future of this team uh, on Wednesday. So there, there is one, we, we have uh, spent uh, a little while now. I don't know how long we've been talking for, uh, 21 minutes. I thought it was longer than that. Uh, uh, and we have not talked about the most important part of this game. Um, there was one thing that I think uh, really stood out. Um, it was, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think it's a topic that we have to get to, and that's Pete Carroll wearing a baseball cap. Uh, I have two <laughs> questions for you. One, one, have you ever seen Pete wearing a baseball cap? I'm guessing he's done it, but I don't remember it. And then two, um, wh- what did you, what was your take on the baseball cap, on, on the, the look as a whole? I thought he looked like my grandpa uh, when he goes up to golf in the fall. Um, but I'm curious what your opinions are. Here. So I love it. I think I saw a mention of it somewhere. I don't know if I've seen it though. So I can't really give you the breakdown maybe you need from me, but uh, I love that he was wearing that. I don't know why. That's so weird. Like of Have all you days. ever seen him wear a baseball cap before? I've seen him wear beanies. beanies I've seen him wear sure. like beanies before like cold weather that kind of thing i don't know if i've ever seen him do the straight baseball cap and why would he you got a gorgeous head of hair like that like i mean he's okay so he's... i have a very important detail and i'm curious yeah. if it's just a me thing or what your thought is here so you know uh i don't know what, what it's called but in in where you have the little uh, adjustable thing in the back right you can make oh a, yeah yeah make them, yeah and you, you have the little the hole right the gap that's above the band his he had a couple gray or not a couple he had gray flowing locks coming through the gap and over the band on the back of yeah the yeah what, what is is that an acceptable look is that is, <laughs> not never been a thing for me to worry about much because i don't wear caps and i don't have um hair so is that is that kosher that is that's a fascinating question you know i i think that it's already uh debatable whether you should be asking a guy in his late 40s that question because i probably have no credibility in answering it um you know i i definitely have been a you know tuck the hair down underneath the band kind of guy and but you know hey colby parkinson he probably rocks it the same way if you were to you know so what's stopping pete from doing it that colby parkinson looks really weird in a baseball hat (laughs) <laughs> what did you think of Colby Parkinson's day? Did did he or Noah Fant stand out to you? Uh, they both had, uh, I think Col- Colby had at least two catches. One of them pretty big, but it looked like a busted coverage. Fant had, I don't know, three or four, uh, but I don't think he, he had any particularly big gains. Uh, any thoughts on the tight end? I thought Colby played well. The one I'm thinking of definitely was not a busted coverage. It was Gino throwing it in the hole in the zone. Um and uh, dropped it in there for a big gain. On I think this was after the <laughs> the refs helped us with the running into mm-hmm. the kicker penalty. Mm-hmm. But I think he had another play as well. Maybe that's the one you're talking about. Anyway, I think Parkinson's has done himself well this year. He's certainly, you know, made the most of every opportunity he's been given. He's a reliable receiver, a target. I think he's still not the greatest blocker. Um I don't know, Nathan. We, we we didn't sign Fant to an extension, right? You remember? Um, did they pick up? I don't remember now. Uh, I know. Did they pick up a fifth-year option? They did, right? I think they? they did, but they didn't sign him an extension like beyond that or anything like that, right? Correct. Anyway, yes, correct. like so they did pick up his fifth-year uh, option. Have not extended him. That's my recollection as well. Like, I guess my point is like. There's some pretty good tight ends in this draft. It is not up there in my requirements, 
But like, if there's a guy that you believe is in the Kittle, like, you know, all pro level, you know, I, I still, I, I think that room is not, is not perfect. Um, you know, like, I think you got guys that if you could combine Colby Parkinson and Will Disley, <laughs> that would be a nice, nice tight end. I think Noah Fant is, he is not a pro bowl level guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they come back with those three guys next year, I won't be upset. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how you felt about how Abe Lucas and Charles Cross did this year overall, like for the full year, like what's your take on those two guys? I mean, I think Lucas is the easy one. I think you have to be, you know, really happy with him. Was it perfect? No. I mean, you know, uh, but for him to come in and play this well and, and hold down the starter spot and play, you know, I think, at worst, you would say he's played serviceable, and and there were certainly games where he was, you know, very good. Um, so for that, out of a third round rookie, like that's just amazing. And I mean, um, you know, I, I think I think he's got a good trajectory. Like I, I don't think there's any reason to think that he can't be the you know starter here for you know into a second contract, right? I mean, we'll see what the rest of his, his rookie deal you know, and what he does next year and all that. But, you know, I think just based off a rookie season, I think that's what you can, you know, kind of think you'll get. Um, Cross, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, I don't know that there was a huge difference in how the two played, um, but obviously a huge difference in where they were taken. Um, And I think Cross is good, but is he going to be an all-pro offensive tackle? I think that is still pretty up in the air. I don't think he did anything this year that you would point to and say, no, absolutely not, or anything like that. Like, and clearly not going to be a bust, right? Again, another guy that should be a serviceable starter for you, not serviceable, like, you know, a, a, a high, a quality starter for you for a while. Um, but with the the ninth pick or whatever, you know, what is the, is the upside super duper high with him? Uh, you know, I don't, quite know it is but i don't know that it you know does it have to be probably not with just kind of the floor he's shown you so far um what about you do, do you feel differently um in a tunnel so can you hear me okay uh you're breaking up a little bit so is uh, that any better i should be better now yes now you're good yeah yeah i i agree with you i i feel like cross has been a guy that I think looks like he could be a good starter. I don't know if I've seen anything that shows me pro bowl level, but I also think left tackle is a rough position to break into the league. So we'll see. I'm not, I'm not like negative on him, but I'm not like, yeah, this guy's a stud. Lucas. I'm like all in on, like, it's going to take a while for me to think that this guy isn't going to be a right tackle for the next decade. And I'm, I'm here for it. I, I would love to watch him play. Part of the reason I ask is because, this is such a strong tackle draft and I can't imagine you're going to draft a tackle, but like we're in it now. Like those are our tackles and we're now we're going to have a draft. Where we're going to watch a lot of probably quality tackles go by. And so let's just hope those two end up working out. I think they will. Charles cross gives me a little more questions. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious. And, and the other guy that I meant to mention rookie uh, another rookie from this class Derek young had a nice game today yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll probably give me shit 
but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Tariq Young did more in this game than D. Eskridge has done in any single game as a player for the Seahawks. I, I thought his uh, his end-around break and tackle was nice. I thought his catch was good. I thought he had some good blocks. Nice plays on special teams. Uh, you know, I think for a seventh-round pick, you know, he's, he's looking okay. I'm not, like, super high on him, but I think he's looking okay. I would say he's done as much as Eskridge has done in the game. I don't know that he did more necessarily. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you're talking about him as, like, okay, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll see what they end up doing with Tyler. But uh, if you have DK and you have Tyler and then you acquire a really quality third receiver and then Dariq Young is your fourth guy that – you can do fun stuff like that with, and he played makes play. He made a play on special teams and everything too. Uh, made a nice tackle. So yeah, I think, uh, like you said, for a seventh rounder, that's unbelievable. Um, uh, dang, I was gonna say something, then you interrupted me with Tariq Young, and now I don't remember. Uh, uh, oh, uh, the the tackles. Um, I don't think drafting. I mean, like, I, I don't think drafting. Uh, when you have a strong class that isn't at a position you need, that's not always a bad thing either because you may see some talent get pushed down, right? So, like, it's definitely a bummer for the fifth pick that they don't, you know, need a tackle. They don't necessarily, like, uh, Skaronsky, whatever his name is, that he isn't a, you know, a really natural fit with for this team. But for whatever that second pick ends up being, you know, if suddenly you have a bunch of tackles that start coming off the board and you don't need one, you maybe get a corner or, uh, I mean, they probably won't drive the corner on the first, right? But whatever the other position is, maybe a wide receiver gets pushed down to them, and that's how you get that quality for wide receiver or something like that. So um, I think it's a bummer for the fifth pick, but I don't – I think it could help them maybe for their, uh, you know, their second first-round pick, they'll have an early second-round pick. Those could be benefited by having a bunch of tackles or, you know, whatever position that you don't necessarily need going ahead. That makes sense. I mean, Skaronski, like, the thing with him is, let's say you trade back from five to, like, eight, nine, or 10, and he's there somehow. I doubt he will be. I'm guessing the, he's going to be the Bears pick. But for whatever reason, let's say he's there. Like, if you believe he's a Quentin Nelson level, like, guard, like, he's, he's, he's a tackle, but he is – a lot of people project him as also, like, a really good guard in the NFL. Not all the tackles have that, but he's supposed to be. I'm not opposed – like, I don't know about you. I'm not opposed to taking a guy like that to really, like, strengthen the – like – the thing about this team that I care about most, Nathan, like I've talked about the defense, I don't want this team to be a bunch of pussies anymore. And I, I, I mean, I know that they could all kick my ass 10 different ways. So I understand how ludicrous that sounds. But I hate watching a weak team get pushed around week in, week out by other teams. And so I want the interior offensive and defensive lines to look completely different next year. And if that means the first pick, like the best guy you can get that's going to make the biggest all-pro blue chip difference is interior O-line, so be it. Um, I would hope it's defense, but like, man, I just, I want this, these, these trenches to be completely different next year. I don't have any problem with that. Um, I mean, it's a little, it's a little weird uh, taking a tackle that high and then moving them inside, but like you said, I mean, if he can do it, if he can play a really high-level guard, um, great. I think the one thing, if you do something like that, is you have to have a really clear purpose. And I think you pretty much have to say he's a guard and do it from day one. Like, if they do some weird thing where they're going to have him and Cross compete and then whoever loses slides inside and 
like and I definitely don't think that's going to play to cross the strength like that I think would be a nightmare um, cross but, does yeah. not profile the guard at all like definitely no. way you, too you high cut off moving him to center if you do something like that <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 the only way I would do it is if you decided he's a guard and he's, he's a, like I said, Quentin Nelson, all pro level guard, anything yeah. else you stick to defense. But like, I want to get back to you. You had a question. You said you're really excited for this. You're really hoping the Seahawks make the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I want to just check in like one, like, I know you don't want to be Debbie Downer and I appreciate and respect that. But I also like, do you really like, and not like, calling you a liar or anything but i like are you just saying that to be like positive or are you really wanting to see this team play the 49ers next week and that that is uh that does take the shine off it a tiny bit i'll be honest but here's the thing too if seattle makes the playoffs and gets their asses kicked by the niners there's no like shame like that's still like niners fans were telling us we were going to win like three games at the start of this year we made the playoffs so i don't care right but if they make the playoffs and they play the Niners, there is some percent chance. It is not a zero percent chance that Seattle beats the Niners. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that, I now I'm not that. saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying yeah. it's likely. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a yeah. 20% chance. There is a yeah. chance that they beat the Niners. And if you want to talk about, I mean, that would just be one of the, that would just be one of the best moments of Seahawks history, I think. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, is that crazy? Is that crazy? I mean, like, I'm not saying it's better than no, the Super Bowl, I think right, obviously, that's, but like, that's that's amazing. Uh, you're right, dude. I, it like hadn't even crossed my mind that that was a possibility. Um, but like, they, they do have to play well, the game. I mean, you never know. <laughs> well, and I, I will say, and like, people are gonna give me shit for this, and I know that the Niners knelt on the one yard line and all that stuff, but that was a close game all the way in. The Seahawks played the Niners closer and tougher than any team in the last like eight games 49ers have been blowing every team out and and the Seahawks lost by a touchdown um so and they looked like crap in that game They're like the 49ers defense just was completely overwhelming but yet the Seahawks managed to hang around and if it wasn't for a couple plays like a Travis Homer fumble and that kind of stuff before half you know what have probably even been closer so Anyway, I think that's hilarious and awesome. I, I mean, I, I'm cheering for the Seahawks to make the playoffs because I can't help myself. Like, in my head, I know that the Seahawks would have been better off losing this game, getting a higher draft pick, not going through whatever pain would suffer, they'd suffer in the playoffs. But I always want them to win, and I always want them to keep going. Like, I will always, always want that, uh, even if my head tells me otherwise. But you're right. Yeah, and, uh, that's a funny way to look at it. And you're right. Like, maybe, I mean, maybe my head should be telling me that too. But, like, I don't know. I was diehard Seattle in, what was it, Pete's first year, right? So 2010. Um, that Seattle should lose that game, uh, that Rams game. Seattle should not make the playoffs. Seattle, Seattle should get the better draft pick. And, you know, like, would that have been better for the franchise longer term? Maybe, I mean, yeah, probably, but also, like, then you get Beastquake and you get a playoff win against a, that Saints team, which was very good. Like, um, the parallels there are, like, surprising. And while it may have helped Seattle to get the higher pick and all that, like, I think that clearly would have been better for the longer-term franchise or for the long-term, like, perspective of the franchise. Um, they did okay anyways. Like, it didn't kill them, right? So, 
you know, dropping back from whatever, I think the best chance they had was to be 14. And now maybe they're going to end up, you know, 20, 21, 22 or something like that. Right. So you're dropping down eight picks, but 14 to 22 is, I mean, dropping from three to five, is probably worse than dropping from 14 to 22. Um, so it's not going to kill his team. Um, and, you know, we saw them do this before and then make the Super Bowl two years later. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm just not that worried about it. And I really, I, I'm, I'm not loving the idea of kind of getting, you know, offered up on the altars of the Niners, but uh, it's still playoffs and they still have a chance. And I also tweeted out that they were going to make the playoffs. So I have priors on this and priors, Priors trump everything. So, uh, speaking of priors, this was a rough day for Evan Hill. I mean, you had your McVeigh lover fall like to to like one of the worst season, the worst season ever for a Super Bowl winner. You had uh, Geno Smith, you know, setting franchise records. Uh, you had the Seahawks actually going above five hundred. Uh, so Jason like, Myers missing a game-winning kick. Jason Myers missing choking in a game-winning situation. To Let's try ignore to what happened after that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ignore how so, Gino played in this game. He's the all-time leader, uh, all-time franchise leader. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough day to be Evan Hill. I uh, yeah. just just had to point that out. I I do think that uh, Pete Carroll had a rough day, man. Oof. There were some. I know the baseball guy. Right? The, 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 <laughs> the timeout situation today. Like there was a one play, where was it? Where they were like they they couldn't decide whether they were gonna kick a field goal or go for it, and they had to use a timeout. They had no timeouts by the end of the regulation. Like it, it was, it was some really bad coaching um, along the way. But the, the worst part of it is yeah. it, it didn't matter, and so he'll learn nothing. <laughs> no, always. he will. Well, I mean, anything he's learned, he's probably starting to forget at this point in his life. So, I mean. <laughs> there's no you know how they say like after a certain age you can't really build muscle anymore i know that's probably false um i think that's been proven not to be true but i would think after a certain age you can't really you can't really learn new football lessons um and pete's probably nearing that point that's probably true um all right so last thing here daddy dennis in the chat uh said love for damar uh i th- uh got continue to get positive news on him um i know he was tweeting a bunch um so super cool uh i don't know if we've had a chance to talk about that since i think last time you guys did this it was probably still pretty up in the air right so um that whole thing uh really really scary really tragic uh but uh uh it looks like absolute best case scenario coming out of that so that's super cool um uh, really glad that he's doing well. Um, this is insane. I have to cook a Christmas dinner. It's January 8th, but I have to do that because my family does like 10 Christmases all spread out. Uh, everyone gets everyone gets their own Christmas. So I I uh, I have to I have to run. So final yeah, thought. That works for me too. That works for me too. Cool. Uh, uh, any, anything, any final clothing uh, thought from you, Brian? Um no, nah, just it's been a. I think it's been a overall productive season for the Seahawks. Um, it's been a productive season for you know Real Hawk Talk and Hawk Blogger crew. So if you haven't already, please go to Patreon.com/slash/HawkBlogger. Sign up, get access to the Slack channel. We gave away tickets to the game today, hundred level. Um, sometimes the team gives those to us, and we give them out. So anyway, like uh, we'd ha- be happy to have more people as part of that. It's going to be a crazy off season. Um, assuming that Detroit doesn't do their job, but if they do, 
Let's 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 lace them back up and do it one more time, man. Let's let's see what happens. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, like Brian said, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Patreon chat, so much fun. So uh, go Hawks and go Lions. See you, everybody.